Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Which I have uh, pre prepared so i say i've pre-prepared people have asked me these questions already so if you have a question you don't want to broadcast it live to the nation then by all means message me uh, privately uh, email me info at cyanoplasticsurgery.co.uk or put it on facebook or twitter i'm sure there's private ways of doing that and you can you know and whenever i talk about the questions i don't mention who you are so i'm uh, if you want to say who you are when, when you come on live that's absolutely fine but uh, i will um not mention your name because that's just how i roll um so hi jackie good to see you here uh, this evening uh first ah uh, you know what it's all you know what it's like when you suddenly think of something because straight up i've got a video i've got a i've got a photo question and I'm set on Facebook on that. Uh, I can show the photo. I haven't thought it through on Instagram. I can do it on Instagram, but I think I'd have to, to get it on my phone. I have to email. Oh, ah, I had this problem last week, didn't I? Not a problem. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna dwell on it. So, question is. Oh, look at that. You can see the phone there. Question is. Um, could I have a tattoo excision on this damaged tattoo? So I'm just going to show that show that photo on Facebook like that, and um, okay, that's probably that's probably big. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to show it on Instagram. Um, actually, now what I'm going to do I'm going to reverse the camera. Oh no, sorry, that's no, I've got my case on my phone. Um, Is it? Oh, look at that. I can see what you're seeing on Instagram. Oh my God, that's weird. Uh, so I need to go down. I need to go across. No, I see myself. How, how do I do it? Across. No. Hold on a minute. Let me get my head around this then. If I can see on the Facebook. Actually, that doesn't help, does it? No. No. Okay, um, there it is there, there you go, simple as that, can you see that? So there's a forearm and there's a big tattoo on the forearm, we need fancy software, huh? There you go, um, so could I have a tattoo of this damaged tattoo? Uh, right. Well, the fact that it's damaged is not actually that much of an issue um, because if you, if the way I do uh, tattoo removal is by excision, so I actually cut the tattoos out. So I cut that skin out. So to be honest with you, it doesn't really matter what's on that skin. It could be a tattoo. It could be a scar. It could be doesn't matter because I remove that skin. So the tattoo, uh, sorry, the damaged nature is not that much of an issue. Although the damage, it can't, it's hard to see, but it might be going outside the area of the tattoo. So if you're stitching damaged skin together, that might be a, a bit of an issue, but 
really the damage is not an issue. But what is more of an issue is the fact that the tattoo is quite large and it's here on the forearm. Um, and that is too big, basically, because I can't remove all of the skin of the forearm, the whole, the whole skin of the forearm. And then I can't stitch it up because you're never going to, you know, you're never going to get it stitched. Um, it's just too big. Just too big. I mean, could it be done? I mean, often it's like, could it be done? Well, could you do a serial excision? But goodness me, you'd have to be doing so many of them, so many serial excisions, it just wouldn't be worth it. Hi, Khan. How are you? Um, actually, Khan, I haven't checked. Should I check my messages to see if we've got questions? Um, um, dismember that. Uh, so, uh, I would say if serial excisions is is probably not a goer. And the other thing that I think a lot of people think about when they're doing um, doing tattoo, when they're having tattoos removed, is they think skin graft. I think that's a natural thing that people think, oh, I have a skin graft on my tattoo, you know, to get my tattoo removed. Um, and I, I mean, never say never, but I never do it, basically, uh, because skin grafts just don't look good. I mean, could you remove this big tattoo and put a skin graft on it? Well, yes, you could. Uh, but I would not do it because I think that the skin graft would look worse than the tattoo. Now, you might say it's got sentimental uh, connection and I just want it gone because I um, and I don't care for the cosmetic point of view. And I think in those situations, there is a marginal argument to possibly there might be a situation where you might consider it, but it's got to be pretty bad. Um, oh, here we go. Um, Oh, here we go. Here we go. Yo, 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 yo. Ooh, Ooh. So, um, I would basically don't do skin grafts. Um, uh, as I say, it can be done, but there's two. There's a difference between what can be done and what sort of should be done or you know whatever so i don't i don't do it so i i just think if this one is too big basically too big on the forearm and i'm really sorry and i don't know what the damage is all due to i don't know if it's due to uh, lasers or something or oh, i don't know what's happened to that but um it, it's pretty it's pretty limited to be honest what to be quite honest my bit off center what what i can do with tattoos because i have to be able to cut them out so I, I can't really do these really big ones that people send me over the shoulder and the whole pe hole of your back and all that sort of stuff. I can't really do that. And, and I would always say lasers first line for any tattoo, really. Um, Khan, I didn't have any to see this week. Thank you. You're welcome, Khan. Thank you. It's fine. Uh, Kelly, I'm not sure if if we'll know this, but what's your thoughts on WLS? Um, WLS. Um well, I'm glad that Instagram has paused due to poor connectivity. Oh, it's back. Oh, it's paused again. Um, WLS. Now, Kelly, what is Facebook's restarted itself? I don't know if 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 this is. I don't know what's going on. Is it working? Anyway, um, I'm going to answer the question as if WLS is weight loss surgery. If it is different, let me know. So, um, weight loss. Yeah, Kelly, I'm not the right person. Uh, I don't know is the answer to that don't know the um i don't know whether um that's right whether weight loss surgery is a, is i mean i think it's a it's a huge it's a growing industry i do know that and i do know that it's uh, 
effective and I do uh, and really it's not my field and I know that for some people it is a very good thing to do but I also know that it's not without its issues and you have to be uh, counseled about it because it has to be um, uh, you have to be aware of what is achievable and whether it's right for you but uh, Kelly it's totally not my field there are different types of doctors who do that sort of thing bariatric surgeons they're known as and they would be probably better better place to advise you on that because uh, it's not um, something that I have expertise in so I in fact I'm going to stop there Kelly because I'm probably going to say, say something that's um, not very accurate because I don't really know much about weight loss surgery um, I normally see people once they've had the weight loss surgery so there's different ways of doing weight loss surgery and uh, I would see people once they've had it I don't get involved at all in the decision making as to which way to have the weight loss surgery I'd say that would be a different specialist so sorry Kelly about that um, oh weight loss it is weight loss surgery there you go good that's good didn't answer the wrong question do you get better results from lipo if you wear your compression garment for longer than six weeks I don't think so Zoe um it's difficult because everyone wants the best result and yet you'll find that people have different regimes in terms of uh, uh, compression garments etc and I I suspect um, I know it's not very scientific. They've probably done studies on it. I haven't seen studies on it, but I suspect the results are going to be pretty similar. I think it'd be hard to demonstrate better results. Um, for me, the compression garment is for support and it is for your comfort during your recovery. And I think uh, give or take, unless you're doing massive liposuction and you're wanting skin to redrape in a certain way, um, I think that it will probably not have a huge effect on the outcome. But it, the, for me, the main reason for compression garments, or what I would say support garments, is how you get to your outcome. And I think if you have a support garment, you will have an easier post-op recovery and you will get to your end point quicker and more comfortably than if you didn't have a garment. So that's the main reason for the garment. I don't necessarily think it's going to have a huge effect on the out, out, uh, outcome. I mean, I'm sure there are situations where maybe people overdo it and it all swells up and the uh, skin stretches and it doesn't redrape very well. So um, there may be an element to it giving a better outcome, but I don't think that's a huge element. I think the main element for me anyway, this is my view and I think it would probably be I think you probably would get different views from different doctors uh, but my view is that the support garment is more for your support more for your comfort more to help with swelling and more to help with the post-op recovery um, and I normally say to people to wear it for four to six weeks because I think that is a reasonable time frame having said that you will probably have swelling um, I normally say it really starts to settle about three months so even at six weeks, I think you will still have swelling and there will still be things to settle. But I normally tell people that um, six weeks, because I think that is a manageable time frame. I think if I say to people they've got to wear their garment for three months, that's quite a big deal. Now, some people choose to wear the garment for longer. And if it's, if it's comfortable and you feel uncomfortable not wearing it, then by all means wear it for longer. But I think uh, six weeks for me is a compromise between... Uh, a reasonable time frame to to uh, to expect someone to wear the garment because they can be bulky and they can be a little bit uh, um, cumbersome uh, versus where, where the sort of worst of the swelling is if you like but the swelling's probably going to really start to settle around three months so you know it wouldn't be unreasonable to wear it for three months but I think that's a big deal but I don't think at a year 
or at two years or at three years, uh, a significant difference between someone who's worn the garment for you know three weeks versus someone who's worn the garment for three months. I don't think. Although there's a study there for us, we should do. We should make it scientific and do the study. Good question, Zoe. Well done, Zoe. Anyone out there can beat Zoe for a good. That was a good question. Not that the WLS surgery, Kelly. That was a good question too. So I don't want to. You got to be careful. I don't want to give too much praise on one, but Zoe, good question. Also, Kelly, good question, WLS. Uh, any other good questions out there? Very happy to receive them. Um, weight loss surgery is what I correctly guessed. That was a correct guess by me. Thank you. Seely, I can help with that. Oh, here we go. Seely can help. Here we look at this. This is a sort this is this is networking, guys. This is how it's done. Okay. Seely. Feel free to join my WLS group, Gastric Fantastic. I'm not medical, but I can help. Okay. That is synergy. Okay. I know nothing about WLS. Seely knows everything about WLS. She's got a WLS group, for goodness sake. Oh my lord, who knew? Um, Kelly, can I point you in the direction of Seely Shakespeare with her WLS group, Gastric Fantastic? Okay. So she's not medical, but she'll be able to help with your WLS questions significantly better than what I just did. So uh, thanks for that, Seely. Any other, anybody else want to publish size their uh, Facebook groups, WLS or otherwise, feel free. Um, public service. Kyla, have you got a WLS Facebook group? No, someone did lipo, then tummy tuck, then lipo after tummy tuck. Is the okay? Someone did lipo, then tummy tuck, then lipo after tummy tuck is the okay. Okay, Kyla, I'm going to work with this. I'm going to work with this statement as, as much as I can because I can I can make something out of this. I can make a question out of this. I know I can. Right, let's just break it down. Someone did lipo, then tummy tuck, then lipo after tummy tuck is the okay. Um, so, uh, yes, you can do lipo, then tummy tuck. That's what I do. If I'm doing it within the same city, I do lipo, then I do a tummy tuck. Um, but it does make the surgery more expensive. So some people, yeah, I'm going to work, I can work with this. Some people don't do, you could just have a tummy tuck. And then if you're not happy, you could have lipo after tummy tuck. Yeah, is that what you're saying? So that would be reasonable. It'd be reasonable to do it either way. You could do a lipo at the time of tummy tuck. If you really felt, and you, lipo for me at the time of tummy tuck is for the sides, for the hips and flanks, for these bits here. I mean, I've got, there's nothing there on me, it's skin and bone, but you know, um, it's for those bits there. Um, lipo can help to contour those areas, but sometimes weight loss can help those areas. So you don't have to have it. So it'd be perfectly reasonable to have a tummy tuck in the first instance and then have lipo later. It would be more expensive doing it that way because it's cheaper to sort of bundle. That sounds bad, bundle. But it's cheaper to do two procedures at the same time because you get economy of, you know, the theatre and the hospital stay, etc. So um, there is a, a price benefit. But if you don't need the lipo, then obviously you've made it cheaper because you've just done the tummy tuck. So, um, yeah, either's okay, Kyla. Lipo, then tummy tuck. And tummy, lipo after tummy tuck is fine. Um, I, oh, Kyla's, sorry, is that, well, oh, God. Wait a minute. Kelly, if you could PM me the link, that would be great. Thank you. Who, me, Kelly? Do I have to PM the link? Or can Seely PM you the link? Seely, can you, Kelly, can you, does it, does it work like that? Seely, can you PM Kelly the link to Gastric Fantastic? 
I'll just not get involved. I'll gloss over. Let me know if you need me to get involved and facilitate the the link. Uh, Laura Liam, um, how long after BA can I use a hot tub slash bath? That is one which really is one for your surgeon, Laura. Always one for your surgeon, I would say. Um, but in my practice, uh, I usually have a, uh, a dressing on for a week. The dressing splash waterproof. You can get in a shallow bath, but I wouldn't soak it in a bath. Um, but if you wanted to get in a shallow bath, like in the first week, you could. Um, but I wouldn't soak it because it will just sort of float off. So uh, after the first week, the dressing comes off. And then sometimes a little bit of ooze here and there. Um, so you might need a bit of gauze in your bra for a couple of days. But pretty much after the first week, you can get in a bath, to be honest with you. Hot tub, I'm not sure if it, it, it's different. Um, I guess if you have got a bit of ooze on the dressing, so as I say, when we take the dressing off, you use some gauze to wear in your bra, and there might be a bit of stuff on the gauze for the first few days. So you probably want to wait till it's dry, because similar with like a swimming bath, you know, if you want to go swimming, I would say wait till, till, till it's dry, so the, the, the gauze is not no longer got stuff on it. So once the wound is sort of healed and dry, which let's just say two weeks for the sake of um, um, giving you round figures. So two weeks, I would have thought it'd be fine. Uh, but as I say, if there is any ooze or if there is any marks on your bra when you take your bra off, I wouldn't get into things like a hot tub or um, or a swimming bath. Um, but yeah, that that's fine. I, and in fact, Laura, is that a photo of you in the in the in said hot tub on your Facebook profile? Very nice. Um, so okay, thank you, says Zoe. Um, can't remember what Zoe's question was. Oh, lipo. If you had compression, well, thank you, Zoe. I've got to be honest, that was. Uh, uh, a very, very good question. Uh, is that okay? Kyla, is that okay? What the tummy tuck lipo thing? Yeah, it's okay to do to, to do lipo after a tummy tuck. Absolutely fine. Sarah, are you performing surgery such as liposuction at the moment? Thanks for asking, Sarah. I didn't have that as a question on my... Oh, what's going on here? Um, I didn't have that as a question on my list, but I'm glad you asked because I think we should we should talk about that, shouldn't we? Every, every week, what's going on? Things are moving on, Sarah, in a positive way, despite the fact we're hearing lockdowns all over the place, local lockdowns, etc. Yes, I am doing more surgery at the moment. And what I'm having to do is expand the uh, places that I do surgery at. So it's a bit of a balance because I always say, go close to home, don't go far away. But, you, you know, having to expand where I do surgery. And so I, the hospitals are starting to sort of give get in touch and give um, hints that we might be able to get back in. And I've, um, so I think there may be some movement there. And also the other area is is there's clinics where you do local insulation. Um, so we can, we are, we are, or I am doing more and I'm booking in lists and things are moving in a very positive direction. And certainly something like liposuction is certainly that, something that can be done and, and, and um, I am doing at the moment. The struggle really is for the bigger ops. The combined ops is still a bit of an issue. Um, but I can do pretty much anything as a single op, the tummy tuck, breast lift, breast reduction, etc. Uh, breast implants, obviously. Well, not obviously, but breast implants. Um, but yes, doing more and more. And yes, so that is. So if you want to know, um, talk to Nicola at the clinic. She knows about what's going on and with dates and things like that. So if, if anyone wants dates, or what have you then that's um yeah a bit of publicity there what's nicola what's going on in instagram we've got some 
sorry press wrong button but after ws i would always recommend you for boobs and tummy and i do that's what we need gastric fantastic synergy gastric fantastic i recommend you for weight loss surgery for forums and you recommend me for boobs and tummy tuck right you scratch my back i'll scratch yours hmm? that's how the world goes round. yeah right um kyla smith yes lol sorry he did lipo then a tummy tuck then lipo after tummy tuck left my stomach tummy still loose i've got to be honest with you kyla it depends where we're talking about doing lipo because this comes back to the lipo issue and what is lipo good for and lipo is good for areas where the skin recoils well and that's why i use it for the hips hips the sides the hips and the flanks the sides because the skin's thicker and tends to recoil well the skin doesn't recoil well so on the central abdomen so if you did if you did a, a tummy tuck and then you did lipo to the central abdomen you might have some skin less left if that's what you're saying you've got some loose skin so i would actually rather than lipo i would say weight loss actually because lipo is good for when weight loss for resistance areas of fat that don't respond to weight loss so i don't want to sound like a bore but weight loss is better than lipo and i know you know well i can't you know well you maybe not can't lose weight but if you if you can lose weight you're better off doing that first lose weight first your tummy might be worse you might have more loose skin you do that before you have the tummy tuck because if you have a tummy tuck we make it as tight as we possibly can and then you lose weight afterwards or you do lipo afterwards they both do the same thing they remove fat if you move fat from the tummy but not skin and then you might be have some loose skin so yeah i think you so that's a slightly different thing actually so i think yeah you want to get in the right place before you have your tummy tuck so if your weight's not right i always say to people if your weight isn't right i would say that you should get your weight right first before having a tummy tuck because you're going to get a better result you're going to have less risk of complications you're going to get a better clinical result because you can make the skin tighter you might feel worse you might look worse the more weight you lose and sometimes particularly people who've lost a lot of weight actually feel better putting a bit of weight on when they've lost a huge amount of weight they've got so much hanging skin they don't feel good about themselves and they feel better putting a bit of weight on to fill some of that skin which i understand but at the same time if you want to have body controlling surgery you're better off getting down to your ideal weight and, and getting down as low as you can making it hang as much as you can if you like because then you can make it as tight as you can because it's bad news to lose weight after a tummy tuck or as i say lipo will be the same that is the risk of doing lipo to the tummy that it doesn't make the skin recoil and so you could have loose skin so lipo to the tummy to the central tummy in my hands is not great i do it really for the sides i don't think lipo to the central tummy works well personally and that's my personal view on that uh what's going on what is going on gastric this is serious question right if i hypothetically gained a stone can i still have a tummy tuck and just get it all off i'm asking can you literally pay to be thinner um asking for a friend um well a tummy tuck will remove the the skin of fat from your tummy so it will remove weight there is weight that's lost when you do a tummy tuck um a stone's quite a lot of weight and uh, it would just be removed from the tummy, obviously, when you do a tummy tuck. So it wouldn't globally. I think when someone's sort of overweight and says, oh, I'm overweight and I've just won the lottery and I want to have surgery to make my body, you know, great. It's like it's surgery is really good when it's directed at certain areas. You know, it's not good when you say, right, what can you do, doc? You know, where, you know, I want the whole lot done. That's not great. It's really for localized areas. So a tummy tuck is really for 
contouring the tummy, tightening the skin of the tummy. Yes, fat is removed, but it's a contouring procedure to, to tighten the skin of the tummy. And that's what it's really for. It's not a weight loss procedure. And so I would think you might be disappointed if you said I put on a stone and I'm going to go and pay the plastic surgeon to get it off for me. Because all the plastic surgeon would do would try and take a big wadge of skin out of your tummy. And if you were carrying extra weight on the rest of your body, they do nothing about that. So, again, weight loss really is um, is the way to go. Oh, you just answered me. I don't like that. I just want it off. I mean, she does. Yeah. So, yeah, and people don't like it when you say that. Yeah, it's quite common. People say, oh, we want to pay. But you're better off losing weight first. Absolutely. Um, Laura. It's, it is. I want to book a celebration break at Christmas around six weeks after BA. Um, yeah. Oh, for the hot tub, is it? Is that the hot tub? Yeah. So, so six weeks after BA, hot tub should be all right. Laura should be all right. Um, yeah, sounds good. Um, Sarah, I have an appointment with you tomorrow, so we'll chat to you then. Have you, Sarah? Looking forward to seeing you. Excellent. So I will see you tomorrow. And um, what were you asking? Oh, live perception. Yes, definitely. Good. Thank you. Well, good. <laughs> That's what we need. Excellent. Um, right. So, what we've got here. Can I get a crescent lift under local anaesthetic? Yes. Short answer. Yes, you can. Long answer. A crescent lift for me is not a great lift, to be honest. To be to be frank with you, a crescent lift is not a great. In fact, I drew a picture. This is what I got. I drew a picture. This is what I prepared, right? Right. This is it. It's on the back of an op note. Um, this is a crescent lift. So this is the breast. This is the nipple. A crescent lift just takes a crescent above the nipple to sort of lift the nipple. Um, this is my scrap paper, but <laughs> um, that's what a crescent lift does. And I don't think. Uh, it's not something that I do really very often, a crescent lift. So if you did do a crescent lift, yes, it could be done under local anesthetic. They can be done under local anesthetic. There's a couple of problems with crescent lifts. One present problem with a crescent lift, because you're just taking a crescent from above the nipple and you're just lifting the nipple, you're asymmetrically taking more skin, obviously, from above the nipple than below. So there's a risk that you can elongate the nipple. You can make the nipple, instead of a circle, you can make it into sort of an oblong shape. So that's risk number one. The other thing is, it's not really lift. I wouldn't call it a lift. Um, a lift, for me anyway, suggests tightening the breast skin and lifting the breast and moving the breast higher up on your body and making the breast more pert, if you like. And the crescent lift just really lifts the nipple. So the way that I would really use it is for a nipple height asymmetry. So if one nipple is a bit higher than the other one, then you could maybe just do a little bit of a, a lift of one of the nipples to give balance. So it's a more of a, a nipple height balancing thing rather it's more of a it's sort of like a nipple height lift rather than a breast lift. It doesn't really tighten and lift the whole breast. It just really lifts a nipple. So it can be done at a local anesthetic and uh, but it's a bit of a niche procedure. Uh, for just balancing up nipple height and there's a risk that the nipple may become elongated so um, that is uh, something to be aware of. Are the GA procedures performed locally to the clinic? Oh I said we wouldn't talk about this and we obviously are talking about this. Um, well this is a 
this is an interesting point because we've had discussions about this because people often say to me, I want to have surgery and I live in Essex. And I say, you need to go locally because there's lots of very good surgeons in Essex and there's lots of very good surgeons in Aberdeen and in Dublin and in, you know, wherever, Spain, France, wherever. You need to go locally. So when people contact me from far away, I always say go locally. And where I operate is in Birmingham because that's where I am based. Now, that is before, that was back in the day. Do you remember the old days? Things have changed. And I haven't been able to get into, certainly into a GA theatre uh, for GA, GA being general anaesthetic. I don't know if that's a well-known abbreviation, but, you know, if operations you get put to sleep for. So the bigger procedures since um, March. So I haven't done a general anaesthetic case since March. Now, general anaesthetic cases are being done in the country. There's not a problem with that. There's no sort of, you know, restriction on it. The problem with it is that the hospitals that I work in in the Midlands have all been taken over by the NHS and have contracts with the NHS, which it seems are operating until uh, until Christmas. And they're saying after Christmas they'll um, they'll come out of it. Although who knows what's going to happen with the numbers of the coronavirus. So at the moment we're hoping we're going to get back in after Christmas, but that does leave us a few months before you know, between now and Christmas, what do we do? So we are looking around and about. And there are options around the country. There are places where we can do procedures around and about. And so there will be options. I've got friends who've got um, clinics and have got facilities that um, I might, well, I will be able to use. So we will be talking to patients about whether they're happy with that and whether they're happy traveling. I'm happy, certainly happy traveling. I mean, it's not very far, but, um, you know, up north, down south. So I might, we might have to travel for the procedures. Obviously, it would still be me and all the follow-up we've done at the clinic locally in Birmingham. But we are looking at doing procedures further afield to the clinic for, certainly for GA procedures for where you get put to sleep for the bigger procedures. So, um Normally, yes, at the moment, we're looking to expand out um, and we'd have a discussion with you how you felt, whether you felt comfortable with that, because um, it is something, it is a work in progress at the moment. So, um, SJ Smallpage, hi SJ, Kelly is in the house, she's back, Kelly's back. Kelly, you are back. Last week you were down, now you're back. I just want to say having my sedation local my BA is the best thing I ever did. I will never want a GA again. Listen to that. Let's let's um, let's screenshot that, guys. Um, it is good, isn't it, Kelly? It is good. I got to I got to second that actually. Not that I've had it had a had it, but I think certainly the um, I think it is going to change the way moving forward we do procedures. I did do some before. Um, but my sort of go-to was general anaesthetic because of the COVID and all the restrictions with the hospitals. We have been um, sort of forced to be doing more under local insulation and the surgery is fine. And the main thing for me anyway is the uh, recovery. The recovery is certainly a lot better under local insulation and uh, it's not what you think it is a lot of people think oh, i don't want to be awake and like you're not really awake when you have a local station you are sort of sedated hence the title so it um 
it really, I do think, uh, Kelly, thank you for your positivity. Very much appreciated. And uh, I do think it is probably going to be the standard in the next uh, few years. We're going to move towards it in the standard. To be honest, even when we go back to the hostels and they can do GA, I think we might just be saying, well, why don't we just do local sedation, you know, because you feel great afterwards. Rather than GA, you feel a bit... Um, a bit rough. Now, it's not for everybody. I've got to be honest. It's not for everybody. And some people say, forget it. And we're absolutely fine. But I think a lot of people are very um, amenable to it. And Kelly obviously is one because Kelly can't stop telling people about it. Thank you, Kelly. Excellent. So, yes. So, awful lot we can do at a local installation. And we're actually looking now at GA procedures as well. Um, but as I say, that might be moving out a little bit to little bit out uh, and about. So how soon after surgery can I begin breastfeeding? Well, I guess the answer is it depends on the surgery is. I think that would be a fair, um, you know, because obviously if it's a mole removal, you can just carry on breastfeeding as normal. So, well, let's just assume it's some kind of breast surgery. Um, I think that would be. So if it's not breast surgery, I think it'd be safe to say you don't. That's fine. You can. Um, how, let me just think about this. How soon after surgery can I be breast? So you're having, I mean, I guess my answer is if it's breast surgery, I wouldn't have the breast surgery any time around. Hi, Georgia. George is here. Um, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't have surgery around the time of nearly needing to breastfeed. Um, so I, I'm trying to think of a situation where you'd have surgery and then want to start breastfeeding quite soon afterwards. So presume, let's presume you're breastfeeding because you've got a child. Uh, let's work this back. Let's work this out, right? Um, you've got a child. If you've got a child, I normally wait or recommend you wait at least six to 12 months uh, after the, having the child. I get one, well, I, yeah, I suppose. So you could, yeah, okay. Is it, is it a fair? I haven't thought, sorry. I'm, I'm thinking this through live on air. Maybe that's fine. Maybe it is fine. Um, so let, can we have, what was the context? Let's say it's a breast augmentation. I mean, I don't think, I don't think there's any, you know, a few weeks. There you go. There's the answer. A few weeks. If you really wanted a breastfeed after having a surgery. But I mean, the main thing is if you've just had a child, your breasts are going to be a funny shape. They're going to be big because your breasts, you know, I, I don't think I'd actively do surgery on someone whose breasts are engorged with milk, which they'd have to be if you're breastfeeding. So I think that's what's thrown me. I, I don't think I would do, I've never had this situation because I wouldn't do surgery if you're in the middle of breastfeeding. Finish breastfeeding, let your breasts settle because the size and the shape will settle after your breastfeeding. There you go. That's a better answer. I'll come to it. Can we just cut the bit a minute ago? We'll cut that out. Uh, I'll get the people in the um, in the office to cut that bit out. Um, yeah. So how soon after surgery can I bring breastfeeding? Well, I wouldn't do surgery while you're, actively breastfeeding that's the answer so uh, don't have surgery is the answer finish breastfeeding and then wait six to twelve months or maybe not six to twelve hour answer but you know six months after finishing breastfeeding to let your breasts recover if you like let the shape recover so we can see where we are before we do any sort of surgery on your breasts if it's not surgery on your breasts anytime it shouldn't affect your ability to be able to breastfeed if you're having sort of like your mole removed or something Crikey. 
Didn't do that very well. Anyway, Gastric, fantastic. Your website is amazing. I can't believe your results. You're gifted. I can't wait for my turn. Thank you very much. Gastric, fantastic. And I'm sure your Gastric, fantastic WLS Facebook group is equally fantastic. And uh, thank you for that bit of um, appreciation. Awesome. Awesome. Right. Oh, my God. We've got quite a few questions here. That's good, isn't it? Um, right. What about this one? Birmingham is a high-risk area with new lockdown restrictions. Will this affect my scheduled face-to-face -face consultation? Um, no, not at the moment. Um, the lockdown restrictions in Birmingham are more around household to household because I think they're worried about spread during households. So certainly as far as, as, far as the clinic goes, and I think there's a question, I have reason to believe we've got a question, uh, yes, we have, about what, what measures we've got in the clinic, which we all, should all talk about. But in answer to this question, no, it won't affect your face-to-face -face consultation. We are still doing face-to-face -face consultations at the clinic. We are encouraging people to do stuff uh, virtually if, if they can. So I'm doing um, consultations like this, video consultations, so is Kurum. And we're doing, um, yeah, so we're doing virtual ones um, as much as we can. But if you want to come to clinic, and obviously if I need to examine you, um, then coming to clinic is still absolutely fine, although there will be um, um, not restrictions, you know, uh, measures in place, which I'll talk about in a minute because I think that's a question. So, yeah, um, absolutely fine. At the moment, we're not in proper lockdown like the old lockdown. We're just in a, in a, in a sort of um, a, a, a limited type lockdown. Yeah. Um, is a virtual telephone consultation benefit for BB, BBA interest or should I reschedule my face-to-face -face initial consultation? Um, for some time after COVID. I'm worried about COVID-19, so I was offered a virtual consultation. Is this worthwhile or am I better rescheduling my face-to-face -face consultation instead? I do think it is beneficial, I've got to be honest with you. When you're thinking of having breast implants, there's an awful lot to talk about. There is an awful lot to go through. Now, I do have to see you at some point and examine you at some point. So there do, does have to be a face-to-face -face consultation at some point, but it is quite nice to be, to be fair. Um, to have a virtual consultation first where we can talk about stuff. I can show you the before and afters. I can tell you about the different types of implants, different types of textures, different types of coatings, different types of shapes, profiles. Talk about some of the ins and outs, some of the uh, issues around breast augmentation. And it's quite nice to talk about that. First of all, because it will mean that when I, you come to clinic, we can just get down to examination and trying to you know uh, work out what the right implant for you is um, and also I can go over it again at the clinic because to be honest I think it is always good to go over things more than once I think it's if you just come for a breast augmentation consultation there's quite a lot of things to talk about and it is a bit overwhelming so if we can package some of that stuff off into a virtual consultation first and then you come for a in-person one and then maybe have another virtual one afterwards or maybe another in-person one afterwards that's absolutely fine um, but I think there's, there is there is worthwhile having a, uh, a virtual one uh, before your face to face. We will go over the same things at the face to face, but it's a lot easier if I've gone over it before because then maybe you'll have specific questions that we can get straight into. So I think it is relevant. Um, I've got face to face consultation, but what measures are in place in the clinic? Do I need to wear a face covering? So um, yes you do um, we have um, measures in place so here we go what measures are in place we have got measures in place we have 
um, developed policies and procedures at the clinic in line with government guidelines, in line with Public Health England, in line with the plastic surgery associations, who we've all, you know, a lot of plastic surgeons have got together and produced um, guidelines for, our, for ourselves, for our help, as well as national guidelines that we have to uh, adhere to. So there's quite a lot of um, guidelines in place. And to be honest with you, we are quite well placed because we're not a high volume, um, um, we're not a high volume clinic, to, to be honest with you. And so we really, we have a like one in one out policy. So we only really have one patient in the clinic at a time. It's not like it's going to be like, you know, busy, um, you know, so we, we are, we are, uh, I've always been working on a sort of um, uh, uh, low volume, high um, sort of in, <laughs> high service, sort of, that's, that's how we work it. So yeah, so we have a one in one out policy. Uh, we've got hand gel before you even come in. Uh, we have a questionnaire before you come. Uh, every single visit, there's a questionnaire we will go through to ensure that you haven't got any um, symptoms or contacts with COVID patients. We have a uh, policy within the clinic so that we have time between consultations to allow air changes um, in the rooms between patients. We have um, we wipe down all the surfaces. All the surfaces are wipeable, so whenever you sit anywhere, they're all wiped down after each patient. We have a temperature checks when you come in. We have a the, the uh, track and trace QR code. We have shoe coverings. There's some evidence that maybe some bringing in um, uh, soil and things from your shoes from the outside can maybe um, have an effect on transmission. So we've got shoe coverings, um, and of course, yeah, the face coverings, which we um, you can either bring one and wear one when you arrive, or you can we have them. We give them to you if, if you don't have one. So yes is the answer. We have got measures in place, although that's not yes, you have the answer you have to wear a face covering and there are stuff that we do. Oh blimey. I'm exhausted. Um so uh Dan nine Q nines in the house. Do you offer mini tummy to you? I'm guessing. Oh, here we go. Let's do that again. Do you offer mini tummy tuck? That's better. Do you tell me do offer money to me tax? If so, who is suitable for surgery? So, um, good question. And answer to that question quite simply is um, on paper, a lot of people come and ask for a mini tummy tuck. Put it like this we get a lot more inquiries about mini tummy tuck then we actually do mini tummy tucks. So we do do mini tummy tucks. And I think mini tummy tuck is a good operation. Um, and uh, the good thing about mini tummy tuck is the scar is shorter than a full tummy tuck. There's no scar around the belly button. The recovery is quicker. It's cheaper. It's, um, you know, it's it, it seems all good for a mini tummy tuck. The reason that we don't do as many is because it is not as good at contouring procedure. It doesn't contour the tummy as well as a full tummy tuck. So that's the balance. That's the balance with any of these mini lifts and mini facelifts and mini breast lifts. The shorter your scar, the smaller the scar, the less the scarring, the less skin that's removed. And the tummy tuck procedure, as I alluded to earlier, is a skin removing procedure. Basically, yes, fat's removed, but it's a skin tightening procedure. So the less skin that's removed, 
the um, less of a tightening that it gives. And a, the, the candidate for a mini tummy tuck is really someone who's um, usually had children and they've got a bit of a paunch above their pubic area. Often had a cesarean section scar. The cesarean section scar might be a bit tethered and pulling in, making that paunch look worse. And it's between the cesarean scar or the pubic area and the belly button. If there's a bit of a paunch, a bit of a fullness between the pubic area and the belly button, a mini tummy tuck really helps to contour and flatten that area and sort of take that, that extra skin off. It doesn't do anything above the belly button. You can't get above the belly button when you do a mini tummy tuck because you don't cut around the belly button. So the belly button stays in place. So you can't get above the belly button. So you can't repair the muscles when you're doing uh, diverification of the rectus muscles when they're a bit splayed apart. Um, you, can't, you can't bring them closer together. And if you do have any fullness above the belly button, you can't really get there and you can't really contour the, uh, the upper abdomen uh, with, a, with a mini tummy tuck or you can't, you can't get significantly to the sides, which is, as I say, the benefit is the scar is shorter. The downside is you can't get so wide um, as you do with a full tummy tuck. So it's really for someone with a bit of paunch, a bit of fullness above the pubic area and below the belly button. Uh, maybe had a children, maybe one or two children, often got a cesarean section scar, which is tethered, which is makes that look worse. Pull the cesarean scars pulled in and giving you that paunch. So that is your, your classic candidate for a mini tummy tuck. Two part question. Uh, second part coming up right now. In a tummy tuck, is the belly button relocated? In a full tummy tuck, it is. So that last question was about a mini tummy tuck. So a mini tummy tuck literally just takes the skin above the pubic area. As I say, if you've got a cesarean scar, we cut below the cesarean scar. So we cut out the cesarean scar and then take a wedge of skin above the cesarean scar and take a wedge of skin from the lower abdomen. So from your pubic area to your um, belly button, we take a wedge of skin and remove that. And we don't do anything to the upper abdomen. So your belly button gets pulled down a little bit but it doesn't get relocated. In a full tummy tuck, all of the skin from your pubic area to your belly button gets removed. So if you can imagine all that skin getting removed, if the belly button was just left where it is, your belly button would end up down by your pubic area. Your belly button would end up on top of your pubic hair. Not a good look, not, not advisable. So therefore you cut around the belly button, you bring that skin down, the belly button's underneath buried, and then you make a hole in the new skin, which used to be up here, and then you poke the belly button out and that's when the relocation comes so your belly button is relocated uh, into that bit of skin that then is pulled down and uh, that's a full tummy tuck so the belly button is relocated with a full tummy tuck but it is not with a mini tummy tuck so the good thing is a full tummy tuck will contour more of the skin because that belly button because you cut around the belly button and the skin from all the way up here is pulled down that means you can get up the rib cage that means you can repair the rectine muscles you can bring them together so you can do more work on contouring the, the, the abdomen and it's a more um, uh, extensive contouring of the whole abdomen, but it's a bigger operation with more risks, more complications and more scarring because full tummy tuck's got a longer scar as also one around the belly button. So it's a trade-off between having more scarring versus um, more. One's got more scarring, the other one's got more... Um, less downtime what would that be more um anyway less more scarring or less downtime doesn't sound good does it more scarring versus more better recovery Oof. 
more scarring versus anyway yeah you get the point one's one's a bigger operation but gives a bigger result one's a smaller operation smaller scarring smaller downtime smaller result yeah that's probably a better way of saying it bigger operation bigger result smaller operation smaller result you be the judge whatever's best for you and um you know full tummy tuck's good for some people mini tummy tuck's good for others it's all about being aware of what's possible the limitations of the operation so you can choose the right operation for you it's no good going in saying i want a mini tummy tuck because i want a, you know less of an operation less scarring etc etc if you're not comfortable with it being less of a result and you're you know you're 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 comfortable with the results it can achieve because um, nobody wants all the scarring of a full tummy tuck but you can't have that without you can't have that result without that scarring so it's that's what this game is all about aligning expectations my expectations with your expectations so that we get a good result which is the game that is the game get a good result so i tell you what's possible these are the options including nothing you know nothing's always an option no complications no chance of infection no chance of unhappiness no chance of scarring well there might still be a chance of unhappiness i guess um but you know um so these are the options which one is right for you that's something for you to judge right sorry i've lost control oh no i haven't this is amazing can you choose a belly button no Celia, you can't choose a belly button it is your belly button so we cut round your belly button and then your belly button drops in and then we pull the skin down and then we make a hole in the skin overlying where your belly button is is buried and then we pop your belly button back out again don't know if it makes sense i've got a video on the tummy tuck somewhere on youtube where i've gone done surgery where it shows the whole surgery from start to finish and i'm sure it must show that bit where the tummy tuck so basically if for instance you had a birthmark or a mold on the inside of your belly button you know looking it would still be there now if you had a mole in the skin around the belly button it wouldn't be there that would be gone that would be you know if you had a mole up here it gets pulled down so you can't choose a belly button it'd still be your belly button um but it would be in a well it would be in the same place it is now but the skin around it would have been skin that was is higher up now because that skin's been pulled down. So the stalk of the belly button is the same place because the belly button's on a stalk and is attached to the abdominal wall, which is why actually you couldn't I said it would end up down by your pubic area. It wouldn't end up down there because I don't think it would reach that far because it's attached to the stalk. But um, but yeah, you yeah you can't choose it. That would be good, wouldn't it? Um, I hope that is um. um rosie has not been here for a while hope you're well bearing up rosie bearing up under the strain trying to keep on the straight and narrow thank you for asking nikki says the tummy tuck video is fab thank you nikki did you hear that everyone there's a tummy tuck video out there with me doing a tummy tuck start to finish i was i thought it was great as well tummy tuck whole lot task start to finish like time lapse isn't it no i agree that is a good one um right uh, on that note, have I got any more questions? No, I haven't. I had quite a thought. I had a, that was a few. I think we've done a few, haven't we? Um, I think we can be pleased with ourselves. I um, will be here, same time, same place, next Tuesday, 7 o'clock. If you've got any questions, post them to me. 
and I'll be more than happy to talk about them next week. If you haven't got questions, fine. Log in and see what other people are asking. See what's going on there. Keep yourself informed about questions in the plastic surgery fraternities because I think we can all be uh, better people for knowing what's going on. Seely's in, last minute, nice one. Totally irrelevant, good start. And if you have time, can you tell me after many surgeries to remove infected hair follicles 20 years ago when I weighed 21 stone, oh, don't sweat at all. Hold on a minute, oh, don't sweat at all. But I have no feeling at all, underarms. Will it ever come back? So, CD, this talks, uh, this sounds to me like um, surgery for hydradenitis suppurativa. Hydradenitis suppurativa is a uh, problem in the sweat glands, often involves the armpits and the groins. Very difficult problem to treat. Um, and uh, there's a variety of operations that can be done um, from just excising that local area to excising and resurfacing with skin grafts, which um, obviously don't have any um, sweat glands. It's often a problem with the sweat glands, CD. Um, to remove infected hair claws 20 years ago when I weighed 21 stone. Don't sweat at all, but I have no feeling. So, oh, here we go. I have no sweat glands at all, but body is numb. And yes, I just couldn't spell it. Yeah, hydradenitis suppurativa. Yeah, that's not an easy one to spell. Um, will it ever come back? 20 years ago, no, Celie, I think probably not. And I don't know whether the skin was excised and directly closed or if it was skin grafted. But this is an extremely difficult problem to treat uh, hydradenitis. It's got a high risk of recurrence. So I'm saying it's it's a good news that you're 20 years down the line. Um, so they, it sounds like they've cured you, which is fantastic. And the fact that it is numb is Probably, I would say, I mean, I've got nothing to do with this and I've nothing to do with your surgery, have I? Did I do your surgery? But if, anyway, um, that I would say is just a, 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 a sequelae of the surgery and actually not that bad a one. The bad things is when it keeps on coming back because it can. Uh, and it may well be if you had all that skin removed that you may have numbness there, which isn't uh, great, but uh, it's probably the price you... I've paid for having all that skin removed because it's um, quite extensive excisions you have to do for hydradenitis. So I suspect if it's still numb 20 years later, I'm sorry to say it probably will remain numb, Sealy. So I, um, I would, yeah, that's what I would say. Um, Kelly, thank you, JJ. Thank you for my amazing results from BA last week. Perfect. Look at that. <laughs> Kelly, can you just copy and paste that? And just drop it in next week as well. Yeah, but um, just say from my amazing results, be it's two weeks, two weeks ago, on a weekly basis. That's what we need. Just or oh, see these put another comment in. I don't want to come off this one. Oh, can we just leave that one on there? Have you all seen that one? Screenshot that. Everyone, okay? Should we move on? Thanks, Kelly. Thank, thank you, Kelly, for being an amazing patient. I've got to be honest with you. It helps. All of all of the patients are amazing, but Kelly particularly. I want a big shout out to Kelly. Um, if I could thumbs up, I would. Well, I'm going to. Uh, Seely, amazingly, I had open wound for over a year and so many grafts, but one only thing that healed was local honey. Honey is amazing, Seely. Honey is amazing. Um, Seely, Selena has hydradenitis. Selena, look at that. Seely, you're going to be, in fact, you, I, 
arguably you have been more popular this Facebook Live than I have. Um, someone else there, Selena, that um, can can uh, uh, connect with you. Um, hydronitis is a terrible problem, um, and it is a very difficult problem to correct. And you said, I think, CD, that you're a bit overweight. So losing weight, stopping smoking. So if you're overweight, so I'm not, you know, those are the two first things: lose weight and stop smoking. Uh, and then you're looking at local things, and then surgery is sort of a last ditch. But surgery is really difficult. It's really difficult to get on top of hydronitis. It's a very difficult problem to correct. Kelly's thumbs up, right back at you. I feel you. My surgery, my surgeon now retired was Roger Smith, and was no, and and he was like no no Sealy. Stop it and orders medical honey. It worked within a few weeks. Yeah, honey is a great dressing. Um, uh, I second that. For problem wounds, honey is a great dressing. Honey is an amazing thing. Um, yes, you heard it here, guys. Honey dressings, fantastic. Chronic wounds, not something obviously that I deal with because everything heals up beautifully when I do it. But if you do have an, a, uh, a um, chronic wound, uh, honey is a is a um, is a big thing. I've lost five stone, wow, and stopped smoking, and my flares are worse. Waiting to start the injections this week, Selena. I do think that stopping smoking and losing weight is a good thing to do, though. And so well done on that, and good luck with um, if you're starting treatment this week. Good luck with that, and. Um, yeah, as I say, it's a difficult problem. Any way you cut it, it's difficult. CD will tell you that. She's 20 years in. Yeah, medical honey instead of... Mar yeah, you can get honey dressings. Yeah, it's not just honey. Well, I don't know. Could you put honey on it? I guess if you're in the jungle, you could put honey on it. But yeah, we use medical um, honey. There are um, honey chewel and, and honey dressings. Uh, thank you, Selena. Thank you for that. So, um, Selena... Inbox Seely. Um, she's yeah, she's waiting to help. So um, I didn't know it's medical. Never seen the honey dressings. Yeah, honey, um, Selena. I think again, you probably work with your surgeon. Honey dressings are really good for surgical wounds. Once you've had the hydradenitis, so hydradenitis is usually chronic infections around the sweat glands. Um, and so it's really good when you, if you do have surgery and you have problems with the healing around the surgery, if you are, if you haven't had surgery and you just got hydronitis, then you look at maybe perhaps different things because you've got to look at maybe if there is sort of low grade recurrent infections, you've got to look at maybe treating the infections or maybe using appropriate dressings for the issue. But, um, but yeah, if this is something your doctor will be able to help you with, but I would, and personally, I've used it in terms of the surgical wounds rather than actually treating the hydronitis primarily. Um, would they help after some Selena, they would help after if you have a chronic wound or anything, honey is a good dressing. It's not the only one. There are lots of good dressings. To be honest with you, you don't normally have a chronic wound after a tummy tuck. You normally you might get a little bit of wound breakdown, but that heals with a good, you know, good diet and good, you know, good wound management. You don't normally need something like honey, but it certainly wouldn't do any harm. Um, but it's more for chronic problems is, is where honey dressings really come in. 
than it would work for any any chronic wound. It's really good. It's not the only one, but there are others available. But honey is very good. On that note, I am going to check myself out of here, and I will be. Um, to be fair, I sound. Would they have? To be fair, I sound well sexy. Nikki, I'm so excited for my surgery with you. More nervous about the COVID test. Yes, I don't think it's that big a deal to do a COVID test, Nikki. Um, don't don't worry about that. But if that's what you're more worried about, that's not a bad thing. If that's if that's what you're worried about, um, because that means you're not that worried about the surgery. No, honey won't help infection. Right. Well, yes, if you've got infection, you have to look at treating that. But we'll look at this. Seely's a right expert, but will help heal. Seely is. Um, would you do a breast uplift with scars of hydrolysis if no flare active there? Yes. Um, are the scars of hydrolysis where the breast uplift scars would be? So, uh, um, I mean, you can get it in the fold. It's less common there. Um, don't think I've ever seen it there, to be honest with you, in the fold. That's more like intratrigo, which is a slightly different problem, which is infection in the breast fold. Um, and it doesn't normally leave scars. So you'd have to look, if you've got scars in the area where your breast scars are going to be, you'd have to look to see whether that's going to be an issue because you've got to be careful crossing scars because of blood supply of skin. So um, absolutely right about the flare of hydranitis. So if you've got a flare of any infection, but particularly something like hydranitis anywhere, even if it's in your armpit, I would not advise you having um, elective surgery like a breast uplift. Uh, but if you've had hydroadenitis in the past with scars, particularly the scars are elsewhere, like your armpit or your groin or something, there'd be absolutely no problem with doing a breast uplift. But if the scars are around your breast, we'd have to look at where the scars are and where the scars um, of the breast uplift are going to be to see if there's an issue with the healing. Listen to your doctor. That's well, I am a doctor, but yeah, listen to your doctor. You're right. So you're right. This is something people don't want to talk about, but true, and we have been there. What's that? What don't we want to talk about? Is it wound healing and honey dressings? I think it's a good thing to talk about, CV. Good thing to talk about. People with chronic wounds can be real, really um, depressing. So it is a good thing to talk about. So good. Oh, I think Instagram's finished. Is Instagram finished? All right. Oh. There you go. Didn't even notice. Hi, bye, Instagram. Thanks for coming. Okay, uh, that is me. Oh, hold on. What's going on? Brilliant. Thank you. Very helpful. Scars are from hydrogenitis where they have done drainage. But that's presumably in your armpit, Selena. That's not near where you'd have a breast. The breast lift scars from your lower part of your breast. Um, so I, I presume it's in your armpit where your scars are. Sharon, yes, kicked. Yes, off. Instagram's kicked off, has it? Oh, well. Sorry about that. Thanks for coming, Instagram. <laughs> Don't want to be rude. Kicked us off Insta. Oh, dear. You get an hour limit on Instagram, Sharon. Sorry about that. So I'm over I'm over my I'm over my limit. I can start again, but I don't think there's any point. Is there, is there any point in starting Instagram again? I'm going to be saying anything. No boobs. No boobs, no Instagram. Oh, no boobs. No scarring on your boobs. Yeah, if there's no scarring on your boobs, a breast, dip, a breast uplift will be fine. You'll be scarring from hydradenitis. 
But again, uh, I think you alluded to the fact that you lost five stone. You've got to make sure you're stable with your weight, Selena. So if you're continuing to lose weight, then I would not have a breast uplift because if you have a breast uplift and then you lose weight, they could sag again. So that's something to bear in mind. So get your weight right and stable first and stay off the cigarettes. You don't want to be smoking if you've got a, um, if you're having a breast uplift, but I think you said somewhere that you stopped smoking. Yeah. Whew. Right, good. So, um, thank you all for, for participating. Very uh, nice to talk to you all. Very thanks for your activity and your uh, joining in. I will be back at Tuesday this next week. Night, you all. If you need weight loss um, uh, surgery advice, then Gastric Fantastic Facebook group. Celie Shakespeare's your girl. Message her. She's happy to be messaged for a weight loss for Gastric Fantastic Facebook group. Also, Hydroadnitis Advice, Celie also is your um, girl. So in look at that. And Selena, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad I've been of help of Hydroadnitis. Um, a while since I treated that, but I do know that it is a hard one to treat. So good. Uh, I'm going to check out of here right now, um, and I will see you. Oh, hold on, Jackie's Jackie's in. Jackie's in. Look at that, Jackie. I know for a fact that Jackie was here at the beginning, and she's here at the end. So there must be some kind of reward for that. Um, I had to have honey dressings, then silver plasters after mastopexy. Thank you, JJ. Yeah, so you presumably had a um, wound healing issue. Yeah, I mean, silver also is good. So honey and silver are both good for um, wounds. And uh, Jackie's had the lot. So, yeah, but I've got to be honest, normally, when, yeah, yeah, normally you, you, if mastopexy's healed within a week with maybe a little bit of a breakdown at the T-junction, then it's not a, a huge problem. Certainly the wound problems after mastopexy are, I mean, you can get, obviously you can get bad wound problems after any surgery, particularly body contouring because you're closing wounds tight. But you don't normally need um, significant dressings after um, after wound, after body contouring, unless, of course, you smoke, right? If you smoke... Right, and do body contouring surgery, disaster is, is potential. So, yeah, I mean, I think if you smoke, don't have a mastopexy, Jackie. I think that's probably not helpful to say to you now because you've been through it all. But um, it can be a problem, wound healing after smoking. Yeah, fair point. But in terms of wound healing and cosmetic surgery, it's normally not a big issue. It's a different kettle of fish to things like hydranitis, which is a, you know, well-established nightmare thing to... Um, to, to treat but uh, the trick is to yeah try and uh, not try and stop smoking if you can have any sort of tummy tucks mastopexies facelifts stuff like that Whew. so just jackie thanks for sticking it out and uh, anyone else who also stuck it out from start to finish uh, we salute you and i will see you uh, right here 7 p.m tuesday night it's a date see you then See you then, Instagram, even though you've already stopped uh, quite some time ago. Uh, hasta la vista. Stop the stream. 
Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.